the men were now only twenty feet away, a silent battle ensued. She stared at them, they stared at her. Astonishment, incredulity, and intrigue chased themselves over assorted sun-bronzed masculine faces. She decided to play dumb, let them make the first move. Perhaps keep them guessing, keep them wondering, keep them off balance, just until the others arrived. Her inherent sense of self-preservation and survival took over. She judged each man individually, assessing her own odds. The three teenage boys were quickly dismissed. Her eyes gauged the others. They varied in age from mid-twenties to sixties. Bodies matched faces, tough and strong, courtesy of hard physical labor. She knew she could disable six of the Wranglers rather quickly. Her gaze shifted to the man leading a wild-eyed buckskin stallion. Despite the fact that no one had violated the silence, she did not doubt that he was the boss. While the black hat he was wearing cast a shadow on his face, she easily recognized an unmistakable air of self-confidence and authority. It showed in his powerful build, in his walk, and his impressive carriage. And if such nicely packaged masculine charms had been displayed in any other place and under any other circumstances, she would have been the first one to show appropriate feminine appreciation. But this was not the time or the right place. She did, however, notice a subtle change in a few of the younger cowboys. It was her fault, she quickly acknowledged. The silence had gone on too long. While she had been assessing them, they had been assessing her. Caution and disbelief had been replaced by that old hormonal curse, lust. When she saw Lear's slant half-dozen lips, her thumb and forefinger pressed into the cat's neck. His wide-mouthed, fanged snarl immediately sent the horses into hysterics and restored more respectful expressions on the men's faces. Her victory, however, was brief. One minute later, she heard the distinct snap of a bolt-action repeating rifle and found three of them aimed at the cat and a fourth at her. Hold it, boys. Devlin stepped between the guns and their targets. Let's keep calm. Buck, pull those horses way back. All right, relax, everybody. There's no need to get trigger-happy. Maybe she doesn't understand English. Let me try some black feet. Nate piped, observing her, her moccasins. He cleared his throat and offered, Kokipi snemenwal. Devlin exhaled a painful groan. <sighs> Nate, I don't think do not fear let's take a bath is very appropriate. With one eye on the men, she lowered her chin and tried hard to control the laughter that threatened to bubble forth. Her left hand made a graceful gesture that shielded her smile and then moved on to straighten the bear claw necklace at her throat. The instant the man called Devlin advanced two more steps toward her, she stiffened in wary attention. Fingers tightened on the cat's leather collar, her left hand dropping against the ivory handle of the knife sheathed in her loincloth. Suddenly he found himself facing two predators. He didn't miss the lethal quality in her taut, ready-for-combat stance. Neither had the saber-toothed tiger. A growl rolled in his throat. Powerful haunches were tensed for attack. <laughs>